You are listening to Messy in the Middle, the show here to help you navigate the messy blend that is life and business today. I'm your host, Haley Johnson, and my guests and I are here to dish out all the hot takes, big wins, and seriously messy moments that come with being an entrepreneur. So grab another cup of coffee, you know you want to, and let's get into it. So before I get into today's episode, which will be a breakdown slash income slash expenses slash lessons learned report of our first six-figure year, I want to set the stage. Right now, it is December 15th, 2021. I'm sitting on the floor in my closet for sound purposes. Uh, And year-to-date, Propagy has done $98,790 in sales. So we aren't technically a six-figure business yet, but if we can just agree for the sake of storytelling and optimism that I can make an extra $1,200 in the next two weeks uh, that Propagy is a six-figure business, that would be rad. But by the time you're listening to this, I'll know if we hit our goal or not. So I'll leave a note in the show notes to fill you in. Uh, And then you can just listen to this and laugh at me. Um, But with or without those extra 1,200 silly little dollars, this year has been a roller coaster. My company has had the most sales we've ever had. I've completely reinvented my business model. And I've faced a lot of challenges that I wasn't necessarily expecting to have faced. Before diving into what 2021 looked like for me and my business, let's rewind and get you some background info. After changing my major at least half a dozen times, I graduated college with a sociology degree in May of 2017. With no consistent internship experience, no practical work experience, and no real clue what I wanted to be when I grew up, it should not come as a surprise to anyone that I had a really difficult time finding a full-time job. I'd had a marketing internship and was always a strong writer, so I started looking for part-time and contract jobs in marketing and social media. Once I'd cobbled together enough clients to afford rent, I packed up my stuff and moved to Philadelphia. The next two years were a blend of juggling part-time jobs and juggling freelance clients and half-heartedly experimenting with full-time employment. Uh, impulsively getting a master's degree in strategic marketing and advertising. And in April of 2019, I declared that I was done working for other people and I was ready to commit to entrepreneurship full-time. I took the handful of clients I'd retained over the years and the half a master's degree that I had completed so far, and I declared that I was a marketing strategist. Literally, like I could probably find the post on LinkedIn somewhere. I just declared it. And that now I was taking clients. It was a bold move, and it took a while for things to pick up speed, but over the next year, I managed to pull together enough clients that I was overwhelmed and generate enough revenue that I was able to entertain the idea of hiring someone to help me serve those clients. This is in summer of 2020, so the pandemic is in full swing. Uh, I don't really have anything going on except for work. So I was able to pile on a lot of clients. But with my final semester of that impulsive master's degree looming ahead of me like a dark cloud, I knew if I didn't have some kind of help, I was going to drown. I got by the rest of 2020 with a couple of contractors helping me write and a VA to manage scheduling posts, doing email layouts, and acting as my account manager. 
but I was quickly realizing the limitations of the support that I could get from my contractors, and I knew that I was at a fork in the road. I either had the option of staying where I was, using my contractors for support, and handling most of the client work on my own, or I could lean into growth opportunities, hire an employee to really support me and have some ownership in their role and in the growth of the business, and work to scale and become an agency. I chose the latter, which brings us to January of 2021. The rest of this episode is going to be a bit more analytical and numbers-based, but I'm hoping that I can still tell it to you in a story. Because if you wanted to listen to a spreadsheet, I'm sure like Google has a setting for that. So Q1 of 2021, my team looks like myself, my VA, who is acting as our account manager and helping me with some tech stuff. But for the most part, a lot of the tech was just like easier to do myself. Um, and a part-time employee whose official title was content marketing assistant. We had three to four clients and we were pretty busy trying to solidify our offers, get our marketing down, and systemize our client work so that all of the strategy and all of the planning didn't fall on my shoulders because we were at a point where my team member was able to help me with the creation, but all the strategies still came back to me and that wasn't going to be sustainable for the type of growth that we were looking for. So we had three priorities for the quarter. And they were pretty beefy, but we managed to make some solid progress on all of it. We were posting more consistently on social media than we had in the past. We had developed some, some type of process for our offers and client management. But like I mentioned, a lot of the strategy and decision making was still falling on my shoulders. And I struggled to communicate my thought processes into something repeatable that my team could take off my plate. I was still feeling really supported and like we were on a good path towards success, but figuring out how to download my brain into an SOP was a really difficult sticking point for me. So when we break down our Q1 income, we were at around $27,000 in revenue and our expenses were just over $18,000. And that included my salary, team support, um, some business coaching, all of our expenses was $18,000. And I was really happy with that. If every quarter of 2021 went the way Q1 did, I would have been elated and I don't think I would be recording this podcast right now because in Q2, things took quite a turn. Uh, I'll begin on the positive side though. Q2 started out really strong. We onboarded three new clients in April, which effectively doubled our workload. But due to some poor proposal planning on my part, tragically did not double our revenue. Quite a bit of our Q1 revenue was due to one-off projects that were more profitable than our retainer clients. And because of our new clients, we didn't have the capacity to take on or even pursue as many one-off opportunities in Q2. So kind of thinking about things right now, we have the same high output retainer clients, new high output retainer clients that are less profitable than our old retainer clients and no capacity to pursue new leads for future projects or higher paying retainer projects. So foreshadowing, <laughs> it's not going great. Um, we also made several hiring moves in Q2 that I want to say were ill-advised, 
but I'm the one who led the entire process and I'm not sure if it counts as ill-advised if you make 100% of the decision yourself. Uh, Regardless, we hired a lot in Q2. Those first two weeks of April, the process of onboarding three new clients while keeping up with our existing clients was so overwhelming that I felt like we needed more support. One option could have been to give my existing team more hours, Um, but thinking back, I think my thought process was to diversify my team a little bit and try to bring on some new skills so that we could support our clients in a more well-rounded way instead of just piling more responsibilities into the one person who was already doing their role really well. So instead, we began the hiring process and after a couple of weeks actually brought three new team members on in a super limited capacity. I think the role was listed at five to 10 hours per week and they all started at that five hour per week range. I was really leaning into the idea that we would blow up and become a big agency. So having different team members really have ownership over their different areas of marketing felt like the right move. And I was confident that since we doubled our client load from Q1 to Q2, there was nothing stopping us from doing that again into Q3 and again into Q4. But spoiler alert, there would be many things stopping us from doing that. So with my team more than doubled pretty much overnight, I decided that this was not an area to be sloppy or scrappy and like DIY or wing it. So I reached out to my friend Kira for some HR advice. We're going to have a whole episode all about Kira. Uh, If the episode is out by now, I'll link it in the show notes. If not, it's coming soon. Um, With Kira, all about HR later on. So I'm not going to dive into all of the details now, but I just want to call attention to it as a rather large investment that I made in Q2 in support of all of the team changes I was making. And I don't think I could have... I'm sure I could have because I'm a capable person, but I think that the journey through everything that I'm about to talk about would have been a lot more difficult without the groundwork that Kira laid and the support she was able to provide during this process. So shortly after hiring my new team members and handing them off to my existing team member for training and mentorship, my existing team member quit. And it kind of rocked my world, but like in a bad way, because this was not in the plan. (laughs) We specifically hired more junior team members so that they could be led and managed by this existing team member who had kind of agreed to take on that responsibility. So we didn't have like this super, you know, hit the ground running team. We had a group of people with a lot of potential who I was now responsible for mentoring and growing and supporting them as they entered into, for some of them, the working world for the very first time. But I'm so glad that I had Kira to lean on during that time to make sure that I handled their exit appropriately from a legal standpoint and also as a learning opportunity just to understand how I could improve for the future. This is especially important because while they were the first team member to leave me in 2021, they were certainly not the last. That sounds like foreshadowing for something that's going to come like way later in the episode, but it's literally the next bullet point on my little timeline for this episode. One of my new hires didn't work out. I felt a lot differently about 
this than I did my first hire not working out because they'd been with me longer and we'd built a relationship. But yeah, one of my new hires didn't work out and it shockingly wasn't a big deal. Sometimes people just aren't a good fit for each other and that's how this worked out. Uh, I remember at the time it really stressed me out and I felt a lot of shame and failure for not hiring well or not being a good leader or manager. But looking back on it now, I think that I handled it as best I could. And again, I'm really glad I had Kira to lean on for support and guidance because it could have gone way worse. And thankfully it didn't. The final and probably biggest bump in the roller coaster that was Q2 is that in June and partly in May, my clients decided not to pay me. Uh, Some of my clients had gotten into the habit of kind of paying me whenever. And this was the first time that it really mattered because I had more payroll expenses and other clients decided not to pay me. Clients were still mailing me checks and things were getting lost. And it all came to a head when my team and I were working ourselves to the bone and all but one of our clients failed to pay their invoice for the month, which meant like I didn't have the money to cover payroll. I had to, you know, write myself a check so that the business could pay my team. And it was like, it was a lot. So when you break down Q2, our revenue was around 23K. But with the investment in HR and I invested in a copywriter just because I needed to take some extra stuff off of my plate when I was training my team, uh, we spent just over 25K, which was the first time in my business that I think I had truly been negative for like a quantifiable period of time. I think technically we were still profitable for the year because Q1 had gone really well. But I remember like looking at my P&L for Q2 and being really disappointed in myself and feeling a lot of shame for like losing money, even though like for the whole year I was fine. But then in Q3, things got worse. (laughs) Not as bad as I thought they were at the time, but definitely worse momentarily. At some point in Q2, QuickBooks started to double count all of my payroll or all of my credit card payments, or something. It was double counting expenses, which made it look like we were spending way more than we were making. Like I knew Q2 was tight, but I did everything I could to pull back our expenses in Q3. I put things on my personal credit card. I didn't pay myself my salary for the entire month of August. And still at the end of the quarter, QuickBooks said we were negative $25,000 for the year. And I could not, for the life of me, figure out how this was possible. And I think because I was already feeling shame for Q2, this just compounded it and kind of blinded me to the fact that there had to have been a mistake. So it just was compounding the shame and I felt awful about myself for like months because I felt like I was a failure in business. Ultimately though, I switched my accounting over from QuickBooks to Wave. And when I did that, I was able to log all of my transactions correctly and discover that I was actually in the positive for the year. But the sheer panic of thinking that I was bleeding money for most of Q2 and Q3 probably still has my blood pressure a little higher than it should be. Outside of my minor panic attack about profit, Q3 actually went pretty well. 
we set new boundaries with our clients to prevent the whole June no payment situation from happening again. We said goodbye to clients who are no longer willing to respect our boundaries. This was hard, but it was a really big growth moment and I'm proud of myself for seeing it through because it was something that I'd wanted to do with some of our clients for a really long time. And I'm really proud that I was able to actually go through with it this time because saying goodbye to money, especially when you're a business owner that's running, you know, such a tightly margined business is really scary. And we created and launched the beta version of what is now our signature program, Level Up with LinkedIn Legion. And kind of with this, the business naturally started to move in a new direction. It was a direction that didn't really support a huge team and agency-style clients, but the team kind of naturally moved in that direction too. Uh, Our account manager had a baby and decided to extend her maternity leave. Another team member that we brought on to support with some client tech projects wasn't really working out. So we were able to part ways without disrupting future client plans because we were no longer making those future client plans. And we did just under $25,000 in revenue for the quarter. Some of that was technically supposed to land in Q2 because it was invoiced in June and in some cases May. But for the sake of accounting and just the way I looked at my financial experience this year, we did 25k in Q3. And all of my scrimping and saving to dig us out of the financial hole that QuickBooks made me think we were in paid off because we spent $23,000 and we were technically profitable for Q3. Which brings us to Q4. Uh, If you've been paying attention, which I hope you have, and doing the math, which would be impressive, uh, we're entering Q4 with about $75,000 in revenue for the year. Now, that leaves us with $25,000 to go in Q4 if we want to have a six-figure year. It seems doable, but when you realize that you've cut your client work in half to try and focus on courses and education, but you haven't managed to sell as many program spots as you'd hoped, and your revenue has declined every quarter for the year so far, making 25 k feels like a really big stretch. But I remained optimistic. I pressed on. And honestly, Q4 has been pretty boring so far, but like in the best way. After the roller coaster of emotions and finances and team stuff that made up Q2 and Q3, Q4 has been relatively chill, but I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't have minded a little more drama if it came with a little more money. (laughs) Because here's the thing. For me, the middle part of this year was like a very mild version of hell. I think I can look back at it with a little bit of rose-colored glasses now because I'm through it. But in the moment, the only thing really getting me through the drama and not just like shutting down and calling it a day was that I kept telling myself it would be worth it when we hit our sales goal. Or it would be worth it when we filled our course. Or it would be worth it when insert thing happened. And now I sit here on the floor in my closet realizing that I may never find out if those things would make this whole year worth it because I don't know if those things will happen. And I can't decide what's more frustrating. 
accepting the fact that this six-figure dream isn't as rewarding as we're led to believe, or accepting the fact that I may have to wait until next year to find out. But let's get back to numbers. Basically, nothing exciting happened in Q4, but nothing bad happened in Q4. We just did our little tasks and wrote our little emails and made a lot of plans for 2022, like this podcast, and our numbers so far reflect that. Today, we've done just over $23,000 in revenue for the quarter, and after I run payroll uh, tomorrow, we will have spent just over $23,000 this quarter. So what's the breakdown for all of this? We have about 98k in revenue, about 89k in expenses, plus another 6 to 8k that I put on my personal card because of the whole no money in June thing. So there's like a little more expenses and a little more probably like quarters that we were in the negative, but I don't know how all of that shakes out tax-wise yet, so I'm not touching it. But here's how it breaks down. Most of our revenue is for one-on-one client work. But we have some revenue coming from the programs and courses that we've created and sold this year. So we've got 95% of our revenue from one-on-one client work and just about 5% from those courses and programs. I think we were definitely expecting the courses and programs to take off a little bit more, and they didn't. (laughs) I think we really underestimated how difficult it would be to generate traction for our signature program. But I think we have a lot more solid and really in alignment with like our values marketing plan for 2022. And I'm really excited with the direction that we're headed in for that. When it comes to expenses, we have quite a few more categories to deal with, of course. Our largest expense category is payroll followed by taxes. So payroll and payroll taxes combined were 66% of our expenses this year. And this is just employees and myself. So on top of that, there's another 15% of our expenses in contractor spend. So this is stuff like our accountant, some contractors we brought in for special projects, working with Kira for HR, a lawyer that I worked with for some trademark stuff. And all of that combined adds to 81% of our revenue on people and payroll taxes. And that feels like so much but I actually feel really good about it. I think sometimes I feel some resentment, not towards like any one person, if anything, towards myself, that I'm working so hard and thinking about my business all the time and I don't take home more of the revenue than I do. But at the end of the day, I take home what I need and I'm really happy that the rest of that money is supporting the people who work so hard to support me and the businesses of the people that I care about. I'm not thrilled with how much of it is going to the government, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, Our next biggest investment is in education and training. So about 10% of our expenses this year went into business coaching, some courses, uh, that type of thing. I definitely invested more heavily in this area than I was expecting to this year. Actually, Some of the expenses on my personal card are in education and training. So this is actually probably closer to 12 to 15%. But I definitely invested more heavily in this area than I was expecting to this year. And that's something that I'm definitely looking forward to pulling back on for next year. I think that general business coaching can be super valuable. But I've also learned over the course of this year that 
I found myself wishing I had the resources, like financial resources, to seek out more specialized advice and consulting for the very specific problems that I'm experiencing or the very specific growth areas I'm looking to improve upon. So not having so much so heavily invested in just like a single general business coach, I'm hoping will give me the wiggle room that I need to support those kind of like diversified interests in 2022. And then finally, we have the boring stuff. There's software, travel, an interest charge because I forgot to pay my credit card bill one time. This is a casual reminder to all of you, set up auto pay. Uh, and that makes up the other 10% of our expenses for the year. There's nothing too exciting here. I don't love any of the programs that we use. There's nothing to rave about at the moment, but I don't hate any of them either. It's kind of just like we need stuff to keep our business going. We pay for the stuff. So if you add that all up, it's about 100%. Um, but if it's not 100%, that's fine because our revenue doesn't equal 100 either. Uh, I'm still crossing my fingers that we find an extra 2K lying around. But I think my lessons learned for the year will be the same whether we do or not. So what are those lessons? Let's break it down. To date, we have generated just over $98,000 in revenue for the year. And even though I'm disappointed that I have yet to reach my kind of arbitrary six-figure goal, $98,000 is a lot of money. And I need to remind myself to be proud to have accomplished that. And that is a lesson that my accountant drilled into my head this morning <laughs> during our meeting, that $98,000 is a lot of money. Even if it's not the $100,000 that looks sexy or cool or whatever, it's still $98,000 and that's something to be proud of. So if you are just short of your revenue goals for the year or if you were last year, welcome to the club. You should still be proud of whatever you've done. The next lesson I learned is that hiring and firing and managing and leading team members is hard, but it's also super rewarding. I've learned so much over the past year, and I cringe at some of the ways I managed my team back when I thought things were going so well back in January, February. I've made a lot of mistakes, and I just hope that I was able to provide everyone who worked with me with something positive that they can learn from and take away with them for the future, because I know that they have all taught me so much, and I am so thankful for the team members that I still have. We've grown into each other and into new ways of supporting one another and growing Propagy, and I'm so happy and thankful for them every single day. And the last lesson that I've learned is that this is never going to feel easy, but I find comfort and strength in being open about my struggles and seeking support and guidance from people who know more than me. And as long as I'm working to be a better leader, a better educator, and a better marketer, you know, because I declared I'm a marketing strategist, so that's what I am. I can talk about the hard stuff and not feel shame because I am growing and changing and always trying to be a better version of myself. So let's talk about it. What business dreams did you have this year that maybe died or not? <laughs> Were you striving for six figures, hoping to earn money while you slept? Or was this year like the best year ever and you think I'm complaining about nothing? 
send me a DM over on Instagram at Haley E. Johnson. Let's talk about it. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next one. Hey there. Thanks for listening all the way to the end, or more likely, thanks for leaving your phone just far enough away that you can't get to it in time to skip past this part. If you like what you heard, don't forget to rate and leave a review. And shout out to my guests for joining me, my dog for not barking, my editor Chrissy for doing her thing, and my friend Devin for letting me use his music. You can check out all of the links for the podcast, anything mentioned in today's episode, and the amazing people who helped me put on the show in the show notes. Bye!